0: Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Doodle. Yo, what's up, internets? This is Chico Leo, and I am back in the Escape Pod, welcoming you to another Fan Bros Special Delivery. I am, as always, flying high above the Brooklyn night after having been laid low by a Romulan flu for two weeks. Um, but a lot has happened since then, most notably Jessica Jones. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give some um, spoiler-free thoughts. Um, I did watch it all this weekend, but next week, Illa YC and I will be back to discuss it in much more detail. There will be spoilers, um, so we will have assumed that you will have watched most of, if not all of it, by next week. But this week, I know um, only the most dedicated gave up uh, a good portion of their weekend to watch it. I did manage to finish it Saturday night slash Sunday morning at 2 a.m., and, uh, I, w- I was really impressed. It, it, it's definitely really rare that you go into things with such high expectations. You know, when, when you think back to like the wire or breaking bad, if, if you were watching those when they first started, you definitely didn't have high, high expectations and it slowly built up. Um, a lot of things, I think, uh, walking dead had really high expectations and then had a really dope pilot, but, um, I haven't been as impressed by something that I had this high expectations for since Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's better than Daredevil. Um, I don't know it's too hard to say, but they they did a really, really successful job of continuing the vibe and you, you from Daredevil, and it definitely takes place in the same world. If you watch Daredevil, um, I, I I think you'll I, I mean I think you're really gonna like um, Jessica Jones, regardless of whether you watch Daredevil. I I kind of can't imagine it, it. It might be a little dark for some people, I guess. But even for the non superhero crowd, I thought it was re- it worked really well as a neo noir. Um, I think it, it it did among the best jobs I've ever seen of tackling straight on the whole notion of uh, stalker, um, the whole issue of stalking and women. And um, Jessica Jones herself, I don't know that we've ever seen a hero like her on TV. I think there were moments in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then in a lot of shows since then where you've seen... A character acting like Jessica Jones, not acting like, but, but, but as, as tortured and, um, still, you know, trying to push everyone away and just, you know, she's a victim of PTSD. Um, I can, I can say that going in, I, I, I'm going to assume that people have seen at least one or two episodes. Um, but, uh, we, we really haven't seen a, a female hero like her on TV, um, I, I've been enjoying Supergirl. I don't love it, but it, it's pretty amazing to suit so the supergirl hero. she's such a traditional heroine and Jessica Jones is such a badass anti-hero. Uh, and again, like we mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we've seen uh, you know off the top of my head a character like her. Um, and she's in almost she's in pretty much every scene. I mean, there's a couple of scenes that don't feature her, but she's certainly in the first few episodes. She's in pretty much every shot. I was uh, I was talking on Friday. I watched the first episode before I went to work on Friday and I was texting with uh, Kim Sonian, and he was a few episodes ahead and he pointed that out that, you know, she, she's in every shot. And I'm certain they, they shot it all out of order, probably um, just just because, you know, you shoot everything at one location and then you go to the next location and it's just really difficult to pull that off. I mean, we're talking 13 almost hour long episodes and she has to maintain this um, burn and and she really does. So I'm, I'm talking about Kristen Ritter, who I think like most people, I first she came to my attention on Breaking Bad. And then she was uh, she's been on this sitcom, The Bee in Room 26 or Apartment 26 or whatever b stands for bitch and there's been memes on the internet comparing jessica jones to her character in that um but i I, i've never actually seen seen that show but she was really like she jumped out she was one of the characters and and her storyline definitely jumped out on breaking bad and so there was a lot of anticipation after the quality of daredevil And the fact that Kristen Ritter was starring in this, and I think also to a certain degree, the good job that they had done with Peggy Carter on Agent Carter. Uh, Marvel has come under fire, mostly legitimate under how, certainly how they've handled the marketing of their female characters. But the fact that, you know, they've had 10, 12, 14 movies now, and none of them have had a female, you know, none of them are certainly named. After a female lead, I mean, Black Widow plays, I, I would argue, a more important role in, in Winter Soldier than in either of the Avengers movies. But that, that, that was, you know, about it in the movie world. And um, so there, there was a lot of anticipation and a lot of people wanting to see what Marvel was going to do. You know, a lot of bands put out a great first album and then the second album you know just just falls flat. So so there were there were there was both high expectations and the chance that maybe this just just wasn't going to hold up. And it it I I definitely definitely feel like it holds up. The, the it's a really really stylish superhero neo noir. Um I think it's as good as any of the stuff that I've read in comics um like, you know, the Ed Brewbreaker stuff that he's been doing for the last 10, 15 years. Uh, And he's a dude who actually wrote a couple of episodes of The Wire. Um, He co-created and wrote much of um, GCPD, which was the show that I think a lot of people were hoping Gotham was going to be. Um, And I I will talk a little bit about Gotham later. I actually had been very hard on Gotham and talking to ALYC on an episode where there is a certain, you just got to kind of accept... It is what it is, but I, I actually do think Gotham has really improved since a low after the the few episodes after uh, the three part Jerome storyline that opened up the um, the season. But yeah, so I I and, and yeah, I, I definitely highly recommend those Ed Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips noir comics: Criminal, um, Sleeper Agent, and um, Femme Fatale. All really, really, really dope. Um, and uh, Jessica Jones is 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 like a private eye from the most classic. You know, going back to Dashiell Hammett, Raymond Chandler. You know, the sort of tortured, outside society, but still, you know, really sort of sarcastic and pushing people away. Definitely a loner, hard drinking. I mean she definitely is, you know, a modern day Sam Spade, uh, you know, a modern day um Easy Rollins. I mean, sh- this is definitely the 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 classic noir detective. And and one of the other things that made it so dope um compared to Daredevil, Daredevil had all of this um backstory backstory and, and, and stuff to lean on. I mean, there's so much imagery from daredevil for almost 50 years that, you know, just, just seeing him training with stick and you, and you're going crazy, um, you know, seeing the, you know, him in the, 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 the dad in the, in the robe, in the battling Jack Ro- uh, Murdoch robe, you know, the, the it, it, it's almost like, you know, going to church where you have the different stations of the cross you know, uh, and and that's the thing with a lot of these older heroes. You know, Spider Man. You know that you're going to get some of these things every time. Batman. You're going to see the pearls drop in Crime Alley every time. But Jessica Jones doesn't have a lot of that. And and this isn't baggage that I'm talking about. This is, uh, you know, um, the the mythology. And so I I thought they did an excellent job of working in her backstory. And giving her a history, um, much, you know, m- much of which was ju- just created by Brian Michael Bendis in the comic. Shout out to DJ Ben Hamin, shout out to, uh, Ty the Robot, who actually were able to hook me up with, uh, trade paperbacks and, and otherwise, um, a couple of weeks ago, um, like a lot of the comic adaptations, there are a couple of shots in in the Jessica Jones series that come straight out of the comic, um, but not enough, not a lot to uh, make it. You know, wasn't like overbearing, maybe the way that it is in the Sin City movies, or that it might have been uh, during the Watchmen uh, movies, or movie rather. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I I'm I'm. I'm really impressed, and I went in with really, really high expectations, and that's basically what I'm trying to get at. Um, so many things you go in with high expectations, you're disappointed. You know, uh, the 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 epitome of that, of course, would be people who haven't grown up with the original Star Wars movies went into each of the prequels with high expectations and were just shattered each time. You know, I went into the first prequel and I was like, all right, you know, there's a new Star Wars movie, and it was terrible. And I couldn't, I I was just shocked. And then I went into the second one thinking like, well, they can't have made two in a row. Like that was just a freak accident. That was like Barack Obama's first debate against Mitt Romney, where it just was like this freak thing. Like, how could he have lost that debate? How could that movie have been so bad? And then the second one was bad. And then the third one gets, you know, really good reviews. So I'm like, all right, finally, they make a good one. And I'm sorry You know, to the people out there who think the third prequel is dope, it's not. Um, I did like the Yoda Emperor fight in the throne room, but that was about it. I I was actually not. I was disappointed by the Vader uh, or whatever Anakin uh, Obi-Wan fight um, in the lava. So, yeah, I mean, uh, this could have been that, I guess, is what I'm saying. And it really wasn't. So I went in with super high expectations and they were met. I hope anyone who's listening to this who then goes into with high expectations and doesn't enjoy it, I apologize. Um, expectations are everything these days with uh, going into shows and movies, I feel like. And it's hard. It's very difficult to put those expectations aside. Um, but just as an example, I know DJ Ben Armin and Yuri were a little down on Into the Badlands last week. Um, I, I, I agreed with a lot of their criticism on the pilot last week, although I really am, uh, I'm enjoying this sort of steampunk feudal Kung Fu Kung Fu future. Um, I'm enjoying a show with a, an Asian lead. Um, I don't, I can't think of a genre show, you know, with an Asian lead and yes, it's a Kung Fu show. And a lot of the, a lot of shows with Asian leads, the dude is either a samurai, a ninja or, Kung Fu, but this is different enough that I'm enjoying it. I think the fight scenes are as good as anything, um, you know, it, it pretty much up to Daredevil. Um, oh, I just want to say one more thing about Jessica Jones. So there, there's a lot, there's a lot of action, but I think this one has a little bit of a, this is a little bit more of a slower, um, uh, slower, slower you know, burn then daredevil. Although I remember early on daredevil was also a slow burn, but, um, yeah. So if you're going into Jessica Jones, expecting the Avengers, it's not that, but it's a great, great adaptation. It's, it's as good an adaptation of a comic book as has been done. And I don't think people are ever going to be able to watch the David Tennant, Dr. Who stuff in the same way. And, uh, Yeah, I I, I give it my highest, uh, you know, pretty much highest rating. Into the Badlands, I don't give my highest rating, but I think that the good outweighs the bad. I think it has a bad cast. I think almost everything else about it is good. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how far they can go. I actually like the lead. I think that the male Baron is supposed to be much doper than he is. His son is really whack. Um some of the villains have seen really like straight out of like a sci-fi original movie. But I really like the world. I like the feudal system with the barons and the the way they get their fighters. It's clear just after a couple episodes, this has been going on for several generations. And um, yeah, I mean, the fight scenes are, are incredible. I mean, the, I don't think there's ever been fight scenes like this ever on network TV or even cable you know TV. Um, Daredevil basically is the only thing that is as good as this or better in terms of, uh, fight stuff. And, um, you know, they give three or four good fight scenes per episode. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely sticking with Into the Badlands. Um, I think that they, you know, we're gonna, I, 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 I've got a little faith in the, uh, the, the Lady Baron, who is, uh, the widow who's going up against Quinn the main Baron. And I'm interested in the overall story, although it's very, 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 very cookie cutter with the kid with the powers and he's got to get home and he's got to go through all these, you know, deal, deal with all these, uh, you know, the world is against him, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, as an example, there was a show that aired after Breaking Bad that actually starred uh, Walking Dead's uh, Lenny James, who, you know, Morgan on The Walking Dead. That was a uh, corrupt cop show set in Detroit. And that show was awful. And it had a great cast. It had, you know, one of the best casts. And that was a show that I looked, you know, I went into with, with really high expectations. It was just It was just a nightmare. I mean, it was really terrible. So... I guess all all things said and done about Into the Badlands, if you have a weak cast but a good premise, and you know maybe maybe you can uh, you know either start writing better for the people that you have, you can change your cast, or you can see how far the premise will take you. Uh, right now, um, I think there there was a show that lasted two seasons that was um, set in the future. I'm blanking on the name. I think it was on ABC. And it was uh, similar to Into the Badlands and that it was set in a future that guns were really rare. Giancarlo Esposito was the best thing about that show. That um, that had a bad cast and a good concept, but I actually felt it was shakier from the beginning than Into the Badlands. I also stopped watching that show after about six or seven episodes. Um, so we'll see with Into the Badlands. Um before Into the Badlands is, of course, The Walking Dead. Uh, this week, uh, the episode was heads up. And the major event that happened in this week, the major, major event, of course, is that, spoilers, Glenn, Steven uh, young uh, who uh, we had all thought was dead, um, was revealed to have actually been underneath the guy who got was getting eaten by zombies and then crawled under the dumpster and stayed under the dumpster until they all wandered away. Um, I'm not even going to argue the whole thing of whether he really could have gotten away, that they wouldn't have noticed him moving, that they wouldn't have sensed his warm blood and his meat and all of that other stuff. Um, I think the, the, the issue that I had with it is that it was a decision of the show it was a, a decision to completely um influence our emotions for, su- for 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 a plot point you know to trick us um you know if they weren't going to kill uh glenn and so far the show has never done this anytime it, we thought they killed someone they in fact had killed them for them to make us think for two episodes that Glenn was dead and then to come back and reveal, oh, no, he's not dead, in such a way that had 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 they all shown the whole sequence in one episode, had they shown Glenn immediately after he had fallen, sort of get out from under the dude and then crawl under the dumpster, we wouldn't even, I mean, you wouldn't even give it a second thought. I mean, how many times has Rick or Glenn or Michonne or... Any of the main characters, Carol, you know, gotten out, especially Rick, right at the last minute. And so we wouldn't have thought anything of it had they done that the way they have for the past five and a half seasons. So I'm not sure how I feel like if there's a covenant between the viewer and the show and if this falls under the category of being a cheap stunt because... um, you know, it just was basically in the editing. You know, it was how, it was the order in which they, they presented it to us that led us to believe for two whole episodes that Glenn was dead. Um, it's fine for Maggie to think Glenn is dead, but so far, um, by showing what they showed, for them to have ended an episode with Glenn screaming as zombies descended on what looked like, you know, his guts being ripped out, I, there's, there's a part of me that, that feels like this was a little bit of a, of a cheap stunt. Um, so I, you know, on the other hand, I am, I am glad that Glenn survived. I actually really like him. I like Maggie too. Although I, I do think that the show has been, you know, perfunctory for the most part, they've had some really great moments, but for the most part, it doesn't have the, um, I, you know, like the, the, when, when, when I see Maggie, I think of her more as dope. And when I see Glenn, I think of him as dope. But I don't see them as, as, as being this like couple that, you know, everything they do, you know, is for each other and, 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 and that, you know, they would, they would die for each other. You know, they say the lines and stuff like that, but I just don't get that vibe from them as a couple. Um, They don't, they don't give off heat, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But um, this episode actually uh, sort of shows, you know, the, the conflict still with Rick. Uh, he's still got an us and them notion versus the people of Alexandria. Whereas Michonne and Alana Masterson, who is so clearly, that woman's got to be seven months pregnant now. If you didn't know, Alana Masterson and the actress who plays Sasha are both pregnant. Um, that's why when they showed Sasha, you know,
1: driving a car
0: for two whole episodes. And then in the other episode, you know, sort of squatting down, looking out a window for most of the episode. A lot of Masterson, for whatever reason, I guess they're going to explain how in this world where food is rare, she's managed to put on, you know, however much weight she's put on, which, you know, no, no, no judgment. It's just that, you know, if you read the news, you know, the actress is pregnant. Um, but anyway, no th- no judgment there. It's just, just an observation. But anyway, a lot of Masterson's character, Michonne, and some of the other people, it's not an us and them thing. I think Carol and Rick and then Morgan's got a problem where everybody is us, including the Wolves and everyone out there. Um, it's not so much that Morgan has a problem, but he's obviously going to run into some issues and he might very well by the end of this episode when... Carol sniffs out that that something's not up, something's not right, and follows him when he gets the uh, nurse-slash-doctor in training to come take a look at the wound on the wolf um, that he's got imprisoned. But the end of the episode... um, Uh, The church spire that burned in a previous episode basically had been falling apart through the episode. I think you knew something was going to happen. It fell over, knocked over a piece of the wall. And so the wall around Alexandria has fallen. I'm actually into, you know, the show has done a remarkable job of setting up different scenarios for our heroes to be in. And I'm actually into the idea of the zombies sort of pouring into the town and everyone getting into various houses and them having to hold off the zombies from different houses, you know, different fortified positions and maybe trying to communicate, you know, shouting to each other through windows or using radios and everyone sort of being locked down in a bunch of different houses and you getting some sort of bottled, Moments like a bottle episode of different characters in different houses. Now next week is going to be the uh, sort of 2015, you know, the fall finale. It'll be back in the winter, in January or February or March. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure when it's coming back. So I don't know how much of what I just said I'd like to see we'll actually get a chance to to actually see. But the zombies are getting into Alexandria. Um, what preceded that of course was Glenn, um, and Enid releasing the balloons. And of course, Maggie knows that it's Glenn. Um, again, without that heat, I just kind of don't buy that. They're like, Oh, it's Glenn. I mean, it could very well be Sasha and Abraham. The stuff with, uh, you know, your man with the, uh, Tennessee flat top, you know, the guy with the, I, I always forget his name, the guy with Asperger's and the mullet, the stuff with him being a coward—they need to shit or get off the pot with that. This is something that they've played with, like over six or seven different episodes. Some sort of thing between him and Alana, some sort of thing between him and Rosita, and then that's it. I'm, um, I'm sort of, I'm a little over it. Um, they need to either develop it. They need, he needs to either, you know, do something super cowardly, get some bravery, or die at this point. And I actually like the character. But this one note thing of the, you know, that's his character is he's, he's a cow, you know, it's just, it's a little old. Um, They also need to do something. They haven't really done uh, stuff with the, the priest. You know, I don't, I don't think the guys had like two lines this whole season and it's sort of not clear how he's fitting in with the community. If he's like a total outcast, I can understand that they're not going to just put him out, but I, uh, I don't know that that that's a that's a thread that's that's been dangling. Um, So, yeah, Walking Dead has generally been um, awesome. There has not been the flab in the middle of the seasons that definitely was there in the first three seasons. So um, shout out and props to the uh, showrunners on The Walking Dead. Another show that has uh, maintained uh, solidness is The Flash. I think everybody was psyched to see uh, Gorilla Grodd return. The episode was called Gorilla Warfare, spelled Gorilla G-O-R-I-L-L-A, not G-U-E-R-I-L-L-A. Little pun there from the uh, comic book people. Um... So we got to see more of Grodd, although I feel like they had the same CGI budget, and so I, I thought he maybe just just because they so much of the last episode was in the dark and the shadows and the sewers, that they were able to really blow the whole episode. They were able able to blow the uh, you know the the budget on one or two really great reveals. Uh, I still thought he looked dope, but he looked a little CG in um some some scenes more than others. You know, props to everybody who had to act with the CG. I don't. I don't even. I don't know. Maybe they had an actor in there doing motion capture, but I, I. I tend to doubt it. But um, one one thing before we even talk more about the Grodd stuff, you know, in the last episode we ended with this awesome um, you know, the Flash. I can't feel my legs. There's a really great cover from um, you know, the the Wally West run of the flash where he's in a wheelchair and his legs are broken. And I feel like that's definitely a storyline, a a trope, something you definitely want to see with the flash. And I thought that they burned through that really way too easily and way too quickly because, you know, he's up and about, you know, by the second commercial and you find out that his, it's more of a mental injury than a physical one. But the whole Flash not being able to walk, not being able to run, not being able to use his legs is definitely some. It, it's an important storyline, um, and I I think that it went a little wasted here. You had this, you know, oh my god, I can't use my legs, and then you know you come back the next episode, and you know he's he's fine, um, you know for the most part. Another big thing that happened in this episode is that um, Cisco, or or maybe we can just be calling him Vibe, he gets vibes from the very uh, sexy latte lady Kendra Saunders. He discovers basically that she's Hawk Woman. I'm very excited about that. Of all the Legends of Tomorrow characters, the Hawk Man, Hawk Woman, uh, two are the ones that I'm most excited with. Hawkman and Hawkwoman are really, really dope. And they're they're characters that that DC Comics has not really ever gotten the right handle on. There's been so many iterations of Hawkman. And none of them really last. And all of them, many of them have really good ideas behind them. Um, The original one, the Gardner Fox, Joe Kubert one, going back to the Golden Age um or it's still so early silver age th- those are definitely probably the most solid and um i'm definitely i'm definitely psyched i think that the showrunners behind the flash have shown that they can handle these characters and i'm really psyched to see what they do with them i'm assuming that that they're also involved in the legends of tomorrow um, I just was never a big Firestorm fan, and the whole Adam thing with the guy in the suit, if he starts shrinking, um, I'll be a little more interested. I do like the concept of Firestorm, but um, I do like the concept of the two the two consciousnesses uh, um, sort of, you know, merging into the same body. So, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch Legends of Tomorrow, um, but, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely really psyched about the Hawkman, Hawkwoman stuff. I I don't know if they're going to go with the ancient Egypt. There's definitely an ancient Egypt connection with one of the iterations or several of the iterations of Hawkman. Um, some of the others straight up alien. So um, that was definitely really dope. And um, yeah, Grodd. I mean, you know, I, I haven't had a sort of fanboy moment like I did at the end when they showed, uh, you know, Gorilla City. I don't know if they're ever going to really do, if that was just a tease. I don't know if they're ever going to really do anything with Gorilla City. I know that the TV worlds and the movie worlds do not overlap in the DC uh, cinematic universe. I think that that's a terrible, 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 terrible mistake. I think it's one of the, one of the things that adds to the Marvel universe. You know, even just there was one or two conversations about, events outside you know that 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 took place in any of the uh any of the other marvel properties but just just to have it there know that it was the same city where people were still freaked out about the alien invasion and the avengers trashing half the city that was great and so they're really missing an opportunity with the dc stuff to cross over i think it's even stupider that they're having different actors and actresses playing the same characters on tv and in the movies at the same time um but that said uh, i don't know that we're ever going to really see action in gorilla city but that that ending uh that showed uh just just what they showed of gorilla city was so awesome and i just really wish that we could you know that we could get our get our planet of the apes moments on, on on the flash um, I understand it's a TV budget. I think they spent half the budget of that episode just showing King Shark for like 20 seconds or f- not even that, you know, for four seconds. So, um, you know, it's understandable if we don't ever get to see it, but I'm rooting for it. In terms of uh, Flash mythology, we were de- we were introduced to uh, Wells. Earth 2 Wells has a miniature uh, ring that miniaturizes his suit. And Barry Allen and Wally West and Impulse and Max Mercury and Jesse Quick, and Johnny Quick and everyone in the uh, Flash universe has one of those rings, and so it was really dope to introduce that. And um, of course, you'd have, th- you'd have thought that they'd have had something like that sooner, um, but I, you know, I'm psyched to see the first time Barry Allen sort of shoots the ring out of his uh, out of his out of his finger and then jumps into the suit. So Flash continues to be really dope, um, and Arrow, uh, as well as Gotham, has been an upswing. Last couple of episodes of Arrow ha- have been really dope. Um, I think we'll get more into that next week, uh, Gotham and Arrow. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what else happened in TV this week. Um, Gina Torres has joined uh, the cast of Rebels. Um, and I don't know why uh, you guys who aren't watching Rebels are doing that to yourself. Um, Rebels and Clone Wars are pretty much the best Star Wars stuff that's been out there since like 1982 or 83 when uh, Return of the Jedi came out. And so, um, yeah, Rebels continues to, uh, to, to, to be really good. I'm enjoying, um, I think the Nick and Fargo continue to be two of the best things on TV. And um, uh, The Last Kingdom, a show that virtually no one is talking about on BBC America, basically is doing everything right that The Bastard Executioner uh, did wrong. I didn't even make it all the way through The Bastard Executioner's two-hour pilot. But even from what I've seen on the commercials, it's, it's not something that, uh, that I'm missing. But uh, Last Kingdom, if you're uh, jonesing for, you know... White, hairy dudes in chainmail riding horses and sort of grim, gray, foggy England-type atmospheres, um, and you can't wait till April for Game of Thrones. Uh, the Last Kingdom uh, is definitely uh, up your alley, I, I would say. So that's it for this week of uh, Fam Bros Special Delivery. Like I said, we'll be back next week, and L O Y C and I will be talking a little more in depth. I, I imagine we'll uh, probably talk a little more about um, Jessica Jones on the regular episode of Fam Bros. As always, uh, follow us on Twitter at Fambros Show. Subscribe and like us on Fam on. Uh, <laughs> On iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, any and all that good stuff. Peace.